0: The Politocrat Daily Podcast online store is hotting up with more items to choose from. On your travels to the store at the-politocrat.myshopify.com, you will find 66 and counting, 66, at least 66 different products, all designed by yours truly. So come one, come all. To the Politocrat Daily Podcast online store at the dash politocrat.myshopify.com. Really good stuff there. I think you'll love it. So get ready to go and have this great experience online. Bye now. Thank you very much for your support. Welcome to The Politocrat, I'm Omar Moore, it is Tuesday, February the 9th, 2021. On this edition of The Politocrat. That was Jamie Raskin, the House Impeachment Manager, the lead manager, as the Senate impeachment trial of Donald J. Trump part deux began today in the very place that was attacked just over a month ago by the white terrorist thugs who killed seven people two of whom ended their lives. They were responsible for those deaths as well, of course. On this episode, a look back at a couple of things that happened during today's trial, day one, and talking about what you need to do to put the pressure on the Republican Party that is in the United States Senate right now. All of that, coming up next.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, the rules of debate won't allow me to cite all of the reasons why this president should be impeached. There are many. However, Madam Speaker and members of this House, to quote the late Maya Angelou, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. This day was not inevitable, but it was predictable because this president has shown himself time and time again to believe that he is above the law. And he has no respect for our Constitution or our democracy. Based on all that we know about Donald Trump, We could have predicted he would have abused the power of the president by corruptly soliciting the government of Ukraine and the Ukrainian President Zelensky to publicly announce investigations into his political opponent, former Vice President Joseph R. Biden. This impeachment resolution includes evidence that this president withheld $391 million of taxpayer funds that Congress appropriated for the purpose of providing vital military and security assistance to Ukraine to oppose Russian aggression, another blatant abuse of power. Our investigations revealed that this president advanced a discredited theory promoted by Russia, alleging that Ukraine, rather than Russia, interfered in the 2016 United States presidential election for corrupt purposes in pursuit of personal political benefit.
0: Who was that? The voice you heard, the female voice, it was the only voice you heard, the only voice that spoke in that clip. Who was that? Let me know, please, on Twitter, at thepopcornreel, or if you prefer to go email, make sure you go politocratpod at com politocratpod at gmail dot com As for a book recommendation on this very episode I recommend a book that you will find I think rather interesting, indeed a good one from the late great Dick Gregory. It's a good Book indeed, one of the last ones he wrote, as a matter of fact. And uh, I definitely think that it's worthwhile you checking it out. And I didn't even give you the title of the book yet, <laughs> but I am going to give you the title of the book um, right now from Dick Gregory. Dick Gregory is just an incredible person, uh, he did some remarkable things in his life, um, a phenomenally fascinating individual. Uh, I really wish I could have met him, Um, but I tell you what, um, you will want to read his book. It's called Defining Moments in History. It's really Defining Moments in Black History, but the word black is crossed out. And so the book is called Defining Moments in Black History, Reading Between the Lies, L-I-E-S, as opposed to L-I-N-E-S. Defining Moments in Black History, Reading Between the Lies. By the late great Dick Gregory Phenomenal figure He once ran for president, you know Of the United States And he even once had his own currency printed out And then he was forced to stop doing so And got into a little bit of hot water about that All true story All true stories I'll be right back (laughs)
2: Eternal God, author of Liberty, take control of this impeachment trial. Lord, permit the words of the New England poet James Russell Lowell to provide our Senate jurors with just one perspective. Lowell wrote, Once to every man and nation, comes the moment to decide in the strife of truth with falsehood for the good or evil side. Mighty God, could it really be that simple? Could it really be just truth striving against falsehood? and good-striving-against-evil-powerful Redeemer, have mercy on our beloved land. We pray in your magnificent name.
0: Amen. Those were the mellifluous tones of the one and only Senate chaplain, Rear Admiral Barry Black, who has retired from his military service, but is still, of course, a true American patriot. Every day for goodness knows how many years now, the Rear Admiral Barry Black, as Senate chaplain, has bestowed a prayer before the start of business on the floor of the United States Senate. And he has done so with such aplomb and wisdom and a sense of order and justice and perspective. And I wanted to play that to you on this episode to just set the scene of what was day number one of the impeachment trial, part two, that's right, the second impeachment trial of Donald J. Trump. And it was quite a day for closers, if you're talking about the House impeachment managers. And the House impeachment managers did what they were supposed to do, and really was to just knock everything out of the park. And it wasn't that there was much to knock out. I mean, the evidence was right there for everybody to see. We've been seeing this evidence now for the better part of just over a month. The terrorist attack was on January the 6th, 2021 at the U.S. Capitol. You had hordes and hordes of thugs, white male thugs, and some white females, and maybe one or two, Asians and maybe one or two black people but the bottom line is that this was a this was a terrorist attack. And I don't even want to say domestic. It's obvious it happened here in the United States, but it's terrorism. And I don't see any difference between someone who does this to the country here in the United States who's from abroad or somebody who does it who is from here or it happens on I mean it just is it's a silly distinction in my view. I mean, why are people going to even begin to talk about, well, it's domestic, well, it's not domestic. Like, there's some difference between the fact that it's domestic and it's not. I mean, the fact is, in both instances, people get killed, people get hurt, people die. So who gives an ever-loving you-know-what? And I was going to say the word, but I think I've had my quota of that on Twitter the last 24 hours. But who gives a rats? You know, if it's someone, oh, it's from, oh, they're from abroad and they did it. Oh, it's the Met. I mean, that just is so silly. It really is a distinction without a difference because the net effect is that in both instances, people are being terrorized, people are being killed, and people are dying. And in this terror attack, this terrorist attack from just over a month ago, I, I didn't even realize this, not one, but two. Police officers took their lives. I didn't I was not aware of that until today. That came out, I think, during the um the closing uh, or some sometime during the house manager, chief, lead house manager um Jamie Raskins close. I I I I mean his presentation, I was stunned. I didn't know that two people I knew that obviously well not obviously, I knew that one uh capital police officer had taken his own life I knew that that was revealed pretty much within I think about three days or so or four days or so after the attack Um, the Saturday or Sunday I think we'd come to learn that that had happened but I had no idea at least that maybe I was sleeping at the time it happened um, the news of there was another person that took their life I mean that that is seven people overall so seven people were killed. Let's let's put it like that, because if it were not for the terrorist attack of January 6th, we wouldn't have this loss of life. And in fact, had it not been for the acquittal of Donald Trump exactly, well, almost exactly well, it's just over a year ago now, February the 5th, 2020, had that not happened, we wouldn't have had this terrorist attack because Trump would have been out of office you probably would have had either Mike Pence in there or uh, Speaker Pelosi in there, since she would be the third person to, um, you know, the person who is uh, second in line, which means that she's third in the order. First, of course, would be Trump at that point in that time of the year, of last year, um, had they convicted Donald Trump, then it would have been Mike Pence as the next person in line. So he'd be first in line. And then the next person after him, would be Speaker Pelosi, she'd be second in line, so I mean she's literally two steps away from the White House, and because that cowardly Republican Senate did not do its job, only one of them did in Mitt Romney on abuse of power. This is what we've come to, you know, ten months later, in excuse me eleven months later, eleven months and one day to the day that they acquitted him, these Republicans in the Senate. This is a terrorist attack that happens with their blood on all over the place, and on the victims, on the the six, the seven people. So that's what's going on. It's just it was quite an interesting event. Um, uh, House Representative Raskin was not expected to do anything more than what he did, which was uh, make a really a moving case toward the end of his presentation. I'm not going to play you all of it. I'm going to play you just a few moments of the end of his presentation. And it was fairly straightforward. I mean, he showed, I think, a 13-minute video um, that was narrated or at least that had uh, subtitles in it or at least captioned titles in it. And it was a video that we've all seen, pretty much everybody, even myself, who I didn't even want to watch a lot of this video because I had talked about this on Twitter at the popcorn, R-E-E-L, that there was just far too much, in my view, glorifying of white violence, glorifying of any kind of violence. I mean, I've had enough of it. You know how many times when a black person is shot and killed in this country, by a cop especially? Do you know how many times they loop it on television? I mean, it is absolutely pornographic, to be quite frank. Over and over and over and over and over and over again. And I'm telling you, you've seen it. If you've seen a black person be shot and killed by a cop in this country on your TVs, you have seen it 2 billion times. By the time you get to the end of the day, you have seen that thing at least 2,000 times. They literally play this thing over and over again. And they did that, by the way, with this video. Some of those clips I didn't see before as I'm watching this trial. And and some of them I did. I saw a lot of them. I mean, the New Yorker did a whole thing on this. There's a video journalist. And again, I mean, I I applaud any kind of journalist who do the jobs they do. It's very dangerous. It's very risky. It's often thankless. It's very dangerous when you're in these kinds of situations, such as back on January 6th. And he did an excellent job. I forget his name. For New Yorker, he did an excellent job for the New Yorker. Um, which, by the way, full disclosure, I do subscribe to. Um, I should say that. Um, uh, but 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 the thing is with with what I had a problem with was that the uh, this video was played on a loop, and I'm thinking, you know, you just continue to glorify this stuff whether you want to or not, when you keep rebroadcasting. And I mean, okay, so you show it once or twice, even three times. Understood. But my goodness, they did a whole, they showed all this stuff and over and over. It's just, to me, it doesn't help anything other than to re-traumatize people and um, basically exalt the violence in a way that maybe um, they don't intend, but it doesn't matter what they intend, it's what they're showing us. And maybe New Yorkers is not trying to do that, but... I'm telling you, it, it, it loses its power when you show this thing over and over again. It's heinous what they did that day, and there are investigations, and there have been criminal prosecutions that are going getting underway. A lot of people have been arrested. I still think, though, there's a lot more that need to be arrested. We're not hearing about them, at least not prominently now. And there needs to be more than just one itty-bitty congressional investigation. We need to get to the whole bottom of this, but as I said, it's not going to happen because there's a system in place and that system is bent on protecting itself. And once you start to burrow into that system and find out, oh my God, that person's involved and they're involved and she's involved. Oh, oh, look over there, he's involved. That's when the system starts to close ranks and makes things very, very difficult for you and very, very uncomfortable for you. I mean, when I was saying some really specific things the other day about the system, I was not kidding. It's a brutal, cold-hearted thing. And people pull levers behind that thing. And what the system will do is everything to ensure that it doesn't get exposed or get in trouble. At least that's my view of the thing. And what you're going to end up having is let's personalize it to Trump, let's personalize it to Jimmy, Ginny Thomas, and let's personalize it to a band of terrorist thugs but it goes deeper it goes to organization it goes to political power it goes to rich families and the rich in general who may have had a hand in financing this we know of Jimmy Ginny Thomas and we know of others i mean this is something that this needs more than just an impeachment trial because if we do the impeachment trial by itself and we don't do the very serious digging that needs to be done we will have this same thing happen again i'm telling you it's just pathetic if you don't back up this impeachment trial with a a conviction first and foremost and b um the supplemental investigation is not just the one that's going on right now outside of the impeachment trial i just think that just makes a whole lot of sense i mean but i just wanted to say by the way um Trump's lawyer got up there for a couple of hours. His two lawyers got up there and they said what they had to say. None of it made any real sense. It was a flimsy argument they were putting up about, well, uh, if you impeach, we'll have disunity and we'll have this and we'll have that. It's moot because he's no longer in office. It's absolutely not moot. I mean, my goodness me, if he was a private citizen when this happened last month, January 6th, if he was a private citizen, it wouldn't be then either because he, well, he would be behind me, supposedly would be arrested. I don't know if he would be, of course. Um, If I did it, I would expect to be arrested and I would summarily be arrested, if not dead. But Donald Trump himself, I mean, as someone who, uh, if he were a private citizen, he would have presumably, you would expect him to be arrested in that situation. So these arguments about, well, you know, he's, he's not in office, and so therefore it's not going to be an issue, oh, it's just nonsense, just nonsense, nonsense. So they was going to say that the United States Senate voted by 56 to 44 to tell everybody that it was indeed constitutional to put on trial somebody who used to occupy the White House, and then it was you know that's what that that's what the vote was. There was a vote right near the end of today's activities. It was a very simple thing. It was, do you think that it is constitutional to try someone who used to occupy the White House? Now those are my words because I don't think this guy was ever a president. I know, yeah, functionally he held the office, I know, I know. Someone's going to say, well, but he, he held the office, he was duly elected and all this. Well, let me tell you, he got a lot of help from the Russians, and the majority of the country did not vote for him, which is why we have to get rid of this stupid, well, uh, uh, you know, it's outdated, it's foolish, it's stupid, it's enslavement-based electoral college. We've got to get rid of that. Got to get rid of it. Got to get rid of it. There's no ifs, ands, buts. Got to get rid of it. But what I, I'm simply saying is this to you is that, um, you know, th- this is just, you know, this is just asinine. That this idea that you can't try somebody who's formerly in office, who's no longer in office. I mean, that's just just like this nonsense about, well, it's, you can't indict a sitting president. That's just nonsense. Donald Trump, by the way, was never a president, as I was trying to finish off saying, never a president in my view, never. He certainly was not. If you're giving secrets to the Russians, that does not make you the president of the United States. It makes you a traitor. And quite frankly, what they should also do, if it could be allowed, of course, I know it's retroactive and retrospective because the four years have been served. I would be freaking well voting to strip him of those four years in office. I mean, isn't there a way? Is there not a way? I'm sure there's not. But maybe there is. Is there a way that we can actually null and void those four years. I mean, it's hard to pretend that those years didn't exist because they certainly did exist, right? You know, COVID-19, all these things. I mean, this stuff is still going on. But, you know, we're not going to forget what this guy said and did. But isn't there a way? I mean, they, I mean obviously, it, it would be kind of after the Lord Mayor's show, as they say, in London and parts beyond because he's already done the four years of damage that he already did. He and the Republican Party and the system that um, prop up both of them. But I would absolutely be putting an asterisk next to his name. And I know people will say, well, look, he's been impeached twice. That is the asterisk. Those are the two asterisks. But I want something even more. I mean, yes, the impeachments, the dual impeachments are a lasting forever mark. And that's really good that the House did that both times thanks to American voters like you, because if it wasn't for you voting for House Democrats and them taking control of the House, we wouldn't have had these impeachments. Just think about that. We wouldn't have had them. And this guy would have been able to get away with blue murder. I mean, literally, bloody murder. I mean, I I kid you not, and he has got away with it. You know, he's not gonna be criminally tried for this, and he should be. He should be criminally tried for this. He should be also criminally tried and impeached for this whole coronavirus-19 situation. This pandemic, not that he created the pandemic, it's what he chose not to do, what he decided not to do, what he knew he was doing when he talked to Bob Woodward in February. In fact, tomorrow, excuse me, tomorrow, February 7th, will be exactly one year. What, excuse me, that's not true. We've, because we've just passed it. we just passed the one-year mark, for goodness sakes. we just passed the one-year mark of Donald Trump talking to Bob Woodward on the phone. I mean, this is incredible how time flies, right? It is February 9th. And that happened on February the 7th of 2020. And this is just incredible. And he was telling all of us that, oh, there's nothing to worry about. While he was telling Bob Woodward the same day. That was a Sunday, by the way, I believe. That, oh, well, you know, it's uh, it's not something that you should play with. It's very, very dangerous, Bob. It's more dangerous than your strenuous flus. And that's what he was telling Bob Woodward for his book, Rage. And you could write part two to that because there was certainly a second rage, a terrorist rage, on January the 6th of 2021 as these white terrorist thugs committed treason, committed acts of terrorist attack, and sedition and insurrection. This is white violence run amok, and you know, let's, let's get to call it exactly what it is. And they should all be locked up. Every last one of those people who was on that site and did not turn around and go back should all be prosecuted, every one of them, from those who stood there and watched to those who actually broke into the Capitol building and then destroyed things and then threatened people and killed people. I mean, they should all be charged with the same damn thing under the acting and concert rule that is available in New York and elsewhere. I mean this is something that this is something that you can 't sweep under the rug, and i 'll be talking about it a lot more, of course, as we go through this impeachment trial, 56 to 44, once again, was the Senate vote um, that said that Donald Trump is not immune from the jurisdiction of the Senate as a former White House occupant, 56 to 44. And by the way, I should say three Republicans joined those 53 Democratic senators that voted that way for the Continuance of the trial, or I should say, for the trial to go on, because um, that's what it was. They had to go through this vote to decide whether or not it was constitutional to try someone who is no longer holding the office of the White House. And as I said, 56 American senators said, yes, it is constitutional, including three Republicans. The three Republicans, by the way, were Ben Sass of Nebraska, Susan Collins of Maine, and Mitt Romney of Utah. Those are the three. So right now, if you go by that, it, it would not be too untoward to suggest that maybe those three would vote to convict. Then you've got to figure out where are the remaining 14 coming from. Lisa Mikowski, obviously, I think is someone who probably will convict. She probably voted no on the uh, procedural, but I think there's a possibility she may convict. I mean, she's famous for doing uh, an about face. Don't all politicians do about faces? But she is definitely someone who may um, do an about face. But that's where you come in. This is what I say to you. You've got to call these senators, the Republicans. That's who you need to be burning up the phone lines on now. Burn up the phone lines 202-224-3121. That's 202-224-3121. And you can also look into dialing 202-225-3121. That is the D.C. Congressional Switchboard. The Congressional Switchboard will get you through to any senator that you ask to speak to. And particularly since it's on the Republican side, you need to speak to him. Go to Senate.gov. Look up the Republican senators' names under the tab that says Senators. Or you can just do a simple online search to get the Republican senators and co- and contact them. Call them. Leave a voicemail. You know, you, there's no need to be nasty or anything like that. But just make it very clear to them in a very clear way that, look, you know, you need to go convict these people. It was your failure to convict last time. You know, your acquittal of of him the first time around that led to these deaths happening and this terrorist attack happening a year later, 11 months later. So you need to convey that kind of thing to them as well. So that's what I would say about that. Um, I'm going to take a break now. And when I come back, a little bit of what Representative Jamie Raskin had to say during his presentation, opening argument as the lead House impeachment manager. And that's coming up. Right after this. So I'm going to play you just a portion of the I think the, the closing argument, actually. It is the closing argument of the representative out of Maryland, Jamie Raskin. He is the lead House impeachment manager. He spoke very personally. In parts of that closing presentation today, um, the experiences that that he and his family had on that day because they were on Capitol Hill with him. It had been a very, very trying time for him. Um, He literally, they literally, he literally had buried his son the day before. I mean, this is just remarkable. I mean, it's just, you want to talk about people going through some rough things. And yes, there are people who are well off that go through those things too. You know, I'm not going to, you know, that's just silly. For I'm not going to sit here and uh, look, I have nothing against people who've got tons and tons of money. You know, I'm not, I'm not. What I am against is the system that protects a group of people who have tremendous advantages over the rest of us who do not have those advantages. And it's not that we should all have the advantages, it's that we should all be on a level playing field. I don't want it to be that we all get these advantages. I want it to be that we all have a level playing field where nobody's getting preferential treatment. There's a difference, right? Because if I'm sitting here saying, well, all of us should get the vaccine five months before the people who are supposed to get it, well, then no, That doesn't make a whole lot of sense for any argument that I wish to make. But it really does have to be about what is equitable and just. And I've used that word equity with some skepticism before when I've responded to when others use it. But what I mean is, how are we repairing things? When I say reparations, what do you think, for example? And when I use the word think, some people will say, oh, well, you're so serious. But... If there's a white guy who expresses the same kinds of sentiment as I do about some of these topics, he will more often than not be called a thinker. Well, he's a thinker, but I'm called serious. And I'm not saying that you can't be both, but I'm not called... The people who will call me that will not call me a thinker, right? They won't. They will say, oh, you're so serious. You're serious. And I find that interesting too. But I think I know why I find it interesting. I think it's pretty clear what that's about, in my view. You know, you know, they're they're called thinkers. Oh, but they're thinkers, you see. So it's so for me, it's oh for th- where the way they look at me, it's oh, it's emotion for you. <laughs> oh, you're 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 serious, but. If it's some white guy, it's, oh, he's a thinker. Put it in his Twitter bio. He's a thinker, you see. (laughs) You know how that game is played, folks. You know how it's played. And it starts with the word R. And ends in the word M. The letter M. The letter R and the letter M. Start and finish. So, look. I want to play a little bit of what Representative Raskin has had to say on this day. So bear with me as I do that.
3: And you know what she said? She said, Dad, I don't want to come back to the Capitol. (laughs) Of all the terrible, brutal things I saw and I heard on that day. And since then, that one hit me the hardest. That and watching someone use an American flagpole, the flag still on it, to spear and pummel one of our police officers ruthlessly, mercilessly, tortured by a pole With a flag on it that he was defending with his very life. People died that day. Officers ended up with head damage and brain damage. People's eyes were gouged. An officer had a heart attack. An officer lost three fingers that day. Two officers have taken their own lives. Senators. This cannot be our future. This cannot be the future of America. We cannot have presidents inciting and mobilizing mob violence against our government and our institutions because they refuse to accept the will of the people under the Constitution of the United States. Much less can we create a new January exception in our precious, beloved Constitution that prior generations have died for and fought for so the corrupt presidents have several weeks to get away with whatever it is they want to do. History does not support a January exception in any way. So why would we invent one for the future?
0: That was... House manager Jamie Raskin the lead House manager House impeachment manager the Democratic representative Jamie Raskin earlier today on the floor of the United States Senate during the impeachment trial part second impeachment trial of Donald J. Trump this time for incitement to insurrection which is exactly what happened that was the incitement of a terrorist attack and there's no reason why Donald Trump should not be behind bars right now, seriously. Well, you know, the system's going to fix it for him so that he's not. But I think that he should be. What do you think? Do you think that he should be criminally prosecuted for this? I know that people are going to hide behind, well, he was in the White House and all that. But it's very, very clear. And if you watch the videos, there's a billion of them. I don't really want to watch any more of them. I'm fed up of watching them, not to dismiss the seriousness of everything But I've had enough of watching these videos. I really have. Um, I think, again, I talked about this with cinema and that movie that I love to talk about, The Incident. You know, watching is a very passive act and it's a voyeuristic act. It's inherently voyeuristic, of course. You're just standing there or sitting there watching and you just want to see what happens next, you know. And you're not acting at all. You're just taking it all in. I'm here for the ride. Got my popcorn ready. And that's the kind of poisonous danger um, that we are all about in this country at times, I think. And this we must stop being that, that kind of a country. We have to. I mean, you just heard um, Representative Raskin talking about, well, we, this cannot be our future. Well, it's certainly been our past and it certainly is our present. And so if we don't want it to become three seconds from now, oops, it already is, 10 seconds from now. If we don't want that to happen, then we really do have to start confronting the past and the present. Oh, 10 seconds have gone. We're still where we are. And I think Representative Raskin sounded just the right tone. I mean, I only played about two minutes or so of what he had to say, and I cut part, you know, most of the nine total minutes away from it, which I mean doesn't necessarily give you a fair appraisal, but I wanted to just capture the tone, not the entire the entire context. And normally, as you know, I'm someone that does like to play a lot more than two minutes of a speech in general. And I'm talking about not the stuff that I talk about with the mystery voice, but I mean when I'm talking about subject matter, I generally like to have the entire comment play, the entire speech, not a sound bite, because the soundbite's are just ridiculous, and that's just putting it nicely. But Representative Raskin sounded exactly the tone you would need. I thought it was a very good presentation. I definitely thought that he was the right person for it, and then all the trauma that he suffered and the pain that he suffered, I mean, my gosh, all at at that same time, he really did not have time to process and grieve properly because, as you may have heard him say, he was writing a speech um, I don't know if he did say that in this clip, but I know from watching the whole nine minutes, there was a point during the nine minutes, um, where he was saying in a close where he was saying, "Look, you know, I, I was writing a speech, you know, or words to that effect," and it, and it's just incredible, you know. I mean, if you cast your mind back to just a month ago. Think about how traumatized you were, particularly if you are here in the United States, or even if you're not, if you're further afield than here, and you are someone who watched this unfold from your living room, from abroad, from across the pond in, in the UK, or in the African, on the African continent, or elsewhere, across the pond, beyond England and the UK, then think about how traumatized you were. And seeing people like monkeys... Swinging from section to section in the, on the wall of the U.S. Senate chamber. I mean, that's just, think about that. It was traumatizing. It wasn't shocking in the way because I knew it was going to happen. I didn't know, but I expected, oh my goodness, you know, you don't take security precautions. Come on, what do you think's going to happen? Or you take the precautions, it, it, rather you just say, well, I'm going to just let this happen which is what I definitely think happened. And of course, we're continuing to find out that this is indeed what I called it, a systemic inside terrorist attack. So that's going to all continue to come up. But the question is, what will happen? And do you think that Donald Trump will get convicted here? What is your point of view on that? I think that's really what I want to leave you with as far as that goes. Do you think that Donald Trump will be convicted this time around? He's no longer in office. There's no reason to be afraid. I mean, yeah, granted you're on TV, though. But I really, you know, I really wonder, I really do wonder what your thoughts are. Do you think he will be convicted? Do you think he will be convicted this time around? We shall see. We shall see indeed. I really do wish, though, that this impeachment trial had been held two weeks ago, as opposed to a month ago, a month after the events, Because what you have is a nation with a short memory. And that's why Representative Raskin had to play that 13-minute video to remind people and to remind the Senate. Well, the senators don't need reminding because they were there. But to remind the rest of the American public who have... Moved on past Tom Brady's Super Bowl triumph the other day. Oh jeez, I can't believe I even mentioned that. You know, I told, well, I told people that Tampa Bay would win, and they did. And Tom Brady, I could care less for. Uh, yes, has he is he one of the greatest quarterbacks ever? Yeah, he is. Seven Super Bowl rings. I mean, they are what they are, as they say, and you can't fault. Hey, you know, again, and people can talk about some of the scandals, but. Seven Super Bowl rings to win seven rings ain't something that you do in your sleep. So that's the story on that. But look, um, this is the story. Do you do you think that Trump, who is a buddy and he and Tom Brady are buddies, do you think that uh, Trump should be convicted or rather not? Do you think do you think that he will be convicted by the Senate? I still am holding out that he will. I really am. I really am. Thank you very much for listening. The impeachment trial continues on tomorrow. Thank you very much for listening to this edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore.